I'm Nicole. And I'm Monica. And we're two fangirls who like to talk about media and knit. This is our podcast, While We Were Knitting. This month is the second part of our duology, where, like Russell Crowe, we come into your podcast app and explain our passions. This month, we're talking about Monica's passion, Supernatural. (laughs) So, as I mentioned to Nicole, I'm not exactly accustomed to talking about my passions, like, actually out loud rather than on the internet. So this is kind of an interesting experience (laughs) for me. Um, So Supernatural started in 2005. Um, It is the longest running fantasy series in um, American television. And... It continued running until November 2020, um, which is, yeah, 15 15 seasons and 327 episodes. Oh, my God. It was originally introduced as a dark fantasy series, sort of a dark fantasy, like gothic horror series, um, and was the tale of two brothers, Dean and Sam. Um, Dean is the older brother, and in the first episode, he comes looking for his little brother, who is away at college. because their father has gone missing. And over the course of the first episode, it becomes very clear that the family business, as Dean refers to it, is monster hunting. They Mm -hmm. hunt demons, they hunt monsters, they they dispose of these things all sort of under the radar um, of normal normal business. Mm is also made clear in the first episode that the reason they do this is because their mother was killed by a demon when Dean was four and Sam was an infant. The series starts out on a fairly gruesome note because even in the first episode, um, Sam's fiance is actually killed by the same demon that killed their mother in exactly the same way their mother died. So she burns to death on the ceiling of yep. um, the room. Yep. <laughs> and then it goes from there. <laughs> Um, there's a very notable shift in the tone of the episode, in, of the tone of the episode. So the first three seasons thereabouts are about Sam Dean. They're mostly absent and very dismissive when he's not absent no. father. <laughs> Worst John. father of the year, Gene, John Winchester. Oh Worst father of the year. But it becomes very clear over the course of the first three episodes that, you know, family is very important to these guys. Family is all they have for the most part, which means that not infrequently, they do very stupid things for each other. In the third season, um, Dean makes a deal with a demon to save Sam's life. And he has one year to um, figure out a way out of that deal or else he's going to hell. Mm-hmm. He does not figure out a way out of that deal. He goes to hell. And the first episode of the fourth season is him being resurrected from hell through means unknown first episode of the fourth season, when it becomes clear that an angel, which none of them you actually exist, mm-hmm. dragged him out of hell, picked him What's up. What's the famous his- line? What? <laughs> I've gripped you tight and raised you from perdition. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. All in a voice that sounds like he is swallowing rocks. So that is, <laughs> that was the introduction of Castiel. The fourth season is when Angels sort of came in, and it was when the the series really took a shift from being about the brothers to sort of being about the larger world Mm -hmm. um, of Supernatural. So that was when things went from killing monsters to averting the apocalypse, Mm -hmm. um, which the brothers end up doing a total of, I think, five times. (laughs) 
the course of this, the world, it, it goes from like saving small towns or saving individuals to saving the world about five different times from a variety of supernatural sources, um, the last of which ends up being God himself. There's so much going on. So obviously over 15 seasons, they're just covering insane amounts of like ground and plot and just like all this nonsense. It, yes. I was like trying to read a Wikipedia um, entry for one of the characters at one point because I was like, oh, I, I don't know very much about this character. Let me read up. And I think I got halfway through and I was like, well, this is crazed. Oh, this is crazed. <laughs> but, like that's I think an interesting thing that we can discuss about the difficulties associated with having a long running storyline. But just to ground us, we actually, we watched three episodes this month. We watched 5.3, free to be you and me, 11.5, which Monica included for me, thank you, Beyond the Mat, the wrestling episode, and 12.10, which is Lily Saunders has some regrets. Those were the three, plus we watched two clips um, that I'll just include in the show notes. And in terms of knitting this month, at least, I was actually spinning because it was tour de fleece, so I was just spinning this month. Um, in terms of knitting, obviously, I had seen all of those episodes <laughs> before. Um, some of them I had seen multiple times. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I felt confident in being able to do some complicated lace while I was watching them. I still didn't get as much of the lace done mm-hmm. on the Windflower as I planned to <laughs> because I got a little distracted. Um, but on the other hand, I did not have to tink back whole rows. So you know what? That's an impute. That's, That's a win. Yeah. That's a win. So Monica, you came to Supernatural. I know you said it started in 2005. You came to it like fall 2019? Sometime. No, actually I came to it sometime in, in uh, late 2018, spring okay. 2019, somewhere okay. around there. And I literally came to it because I was in one of those funks where I just could not find any reading material that I wanted to read. Mm -hmm. So I popped onto AO3 and had it suggest me a random fanfic. Mm -hmm. We'll do that. Um, It pulled up a Destiel fanfic, a Mm -hmm. Destiel fanfic. And I had no interest in reading what it suggested to me, but then I went looking and I was like, oh my God, this particular particular thing has like tens of thousands of fanfics. There must be something to it. I guess I probably ought to watch the show. <laughs> so I did. And I, I, I did the thing where I did not want to spoil myself. So I decided I was not going to read any canon fanfic up until I'd actually gotten to the point where Castiel shows up in the show, which is not mm. until the fourth season. Yeah. I did not know this at the time <laughs> <laughs> because of the, there was a huge population of Dean Castiel fanfic. I yeah. assumed he was there from the beginning, not so no. much. <laughs> well, I am fascinated that you were like not aware of like the Dean Castiel phenomenon as much because I was never in the supernatural fandom but I read like a solid amount of fanfic especially I want to say the first like five or six seasons because people whose writing I cared about were like writing thick for this so I was like reading it I was like I don't think this is a series that would necessarily be for me in the canon but I was like I'm not not going to read these stories like I'll hopefully figure out enough context that I get the key parts which I managed to and I was like Oh yeah, like I know, I've always known about Supernatural, even if it wasn't, even if I had not watched any of it besides like one episode, I was like, I'm always vaguely aware that Supernatural is happening in the background, just because it's been a thing for 15 years. 15 years, I know. Well, 
I suspect that my like dissociation from it was that even when I was in the Marvel fandom, um, I was in the Marvel fandom sort of comic verse. And mm-hmm. before that, I was almost almost universally in anime fandoms. Mm-hmm. This is actually the first live action fandom I've ever been part of. Uh, <laughs> And I was never on Tumblr. I was never on. I was never on any interactive fandoms other than the anime fandom. So mm-hmm. I had seen. I remember I tried to watch some episodes of Supernatural. I downloaded <laughs> them on. I downloaded them on BitTorrent at some point. Oh and wow! I on my, yeah, I was downloading them and I was watching them on my computer, and just the aesthetic of it was so dark that mm-hmm. I was just visually dark, not yeah. like topically dark that I was having a hard time differentiating the main characters because it was a low quality <laughs> bit torrent like so I was like mm, I guess this isn't for me I, I'm having a hard time watching this on my computer mm-hmm. yeah. and that was literally what made me stop watching the show well, the first episode we, that we watched the 5.3 was genuinely like very dark yes. like just aesthetically I was like all right well this is there's a lot going on but mostly it's happening in the dark yep and that I think was also the episode where that of the three that I um, got I think the least out of at least at first and I was sitting there and it was like 20 minutes in and I was like oh gosh how do I like make sure to discuss this without yucking Monica's yum I don't want to do that (laughs) and because like the watching the Dean Castile interactions I was like I see why people got so into this like that makes perfect sense that people were like this is my thing I'm super here for it but I was like it's not super speaking to me and then like Sam was off doing his own thing and I was like cheer up emo kid like this is so much (laughs) so like so much is happening but then there was the part with like you mentioned um Sam's quote-unquote like his girlfriend where you were like this is clearly not his girlfriend it's and I was like I had again run enough that I was like maybe this is Ruby is I think Ruby might be an early season but like maybe something's going on maybe she's still present I was aware of that storyline because I had read mm-hmm. fic where that name got brought up and I, then it turned out to be Lucifer and like the last five minutes of that episode I like literally sat straight up and I was like <laughs> this is a messed up little like vibe that we've got going on here and I'm very interested in that vibe <laughs> so. oh yeah no the Lucifer is super creepy in the mm-hmm. entire thing he is like a horrible creep Mark yep. Pellegrino does an amazing job of making him awful through yep. the entire damn series. Yes. He was definitely one of those where I was like, I really wish you would die. You really need to die. You were horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Though you saw the wrestling episode, you also mm-hmm. saw how other people portray yes. Lucifer. You saw Misha Collins portray Lucifer yes. too. <laughs> he was having, Misha Collins was having so much fun as Lucifer. I was like, yep. you're having so much fun. I'm enjoying this so much because you're enjoying this. Yes. No, no, he he has a great time in that season playing Lucifer. Misha Collins is is one of those people who he always seems to be having a good time doing what he's doing, even though it is very clear, like by you know season fourteen, fifteen, that he is thoroughly regretting his choice to make Castiel's <laughs> voice the way it was because that does not his voice is about an octave higher than that. Um, oh, yeah, okay. that that is not his real voice. So. You saw how he was in, mm-hmm. in the early seasons. He is he definitely changes pretty considerably over the course. He has a lot of emotional growth that happens over the course mm-hmm. of, you know, 11 years. Yeah. Uh, Shocking. Well, one would hope, right? <laughs> but there's a there's a whole thing about how um, he was the first he was the first angel that we saw mm-hmm. in the series and Misha Khan's perception of angels was that they were all sort of like stilted and very withdrawn and 
you know, not aware of human foibles and human customs, mm -hmm. except Misha Collins was the only one who had that idea. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the angels that came after were completely normal, savvy people. <laughs> so it became yeah. that Castiel was the only weird angel. <laughs> That's very funny. Um, but the reason for the the voice, which is often mocked both mm -hmm. by characters in the show and people outside the show, was that he felt like this was someone who had never actually like spoken in a normal mm -hmm. voice, and he wanted him to have like a weird, deep, resonant voice. Okay. And he had anticipate the the showrunners had anticipated he was going to die after four or five episodes. Yep. He was supposed to be a temporary character. Well, he was not a temporary. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, people love that voice, but his vocal cords definitely regret having made that choice because Fair. four or five episodes is one thing, like a hundred episodes is yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot <laughs> that's very funny well the person whose voice was I was most like is that his real voice was actually Jensen Ackles where I was like do you normally sound like this he, he does sound more like that than than Misha Collins does. Yeah. But one of the funny things about watching the early seasons versus watching the mm -hmm. late seasons is that both of the guys, both Jensen Ackles and Jared Padalecki, both deepen their voices pretty considerably <laughs> by the end. All right, buddy. <laughs> yeah, both of them. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fairly comical. Supernatural is one of those where, like, the canon is something that I most everyone in the fandom I think both loves and hates mm -hmm. obviously with 15 seasons there is a lot of both yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the characters go through a, a lot of changes over the mm -hmm. course of the 15 seasons the whole theme of the series being family in the beginning and then moving to after for the fourth season to the to the oft-quoted line of family don't end in blood so mm -hmm. they develop a family quite out so that is sort of outside of just the brothers so okay. they have an adopted they have an adoptive father who it turns out was doing a lot of their raising while john was off monster hunting mm -hmm. so that's bobby they have you know they have surrogate mothers mm -hmm. they have a real mother who ends up coming back of course because death is temporary it's oh, a yeah. natural problem to everyone <laughs> um, they meet a lot of people they lose a lot of people but through it all, one of the consistent themes is that these guys love each other. They love the people around them. And they do both incredibly beautiful things for that love and they do incredibly stupid things for mm -hmm. that love. One of the things that the boys consistently do, including Castiel, is when they're in a pinch, they make deals that has the potential to either put them in trouble, mm -hmm. put everyone else in trouble, or destroy <laughs> the world. So, oh, you think they would learn? They think they would learn. You think they would learn, but no. In season no. fifteen, they're still making terrible oh, deals. God. Well, yeah. that clip that you had us watch, which which was Castiel confessing his love, mm -hmm. and it was actually very funny because you were like, "Can I also just include two clips?" And I was like, yeah, "Like, yeah, sure." I think I've seen both these clips. And watching it, I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's the Castiel Putin Georgia clip." <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. for those who are not aware. The, that particular episode, it was season 15, episode 18. Scary mm -hmm. that I know that off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it aired on November 5th, 2020, I believe. Something and like that. 
it was the clip in which Castiel openly confessed his love to yeah. Dean and he stated that it was his moment of happiness even being aware that he number one was not going to get Dean mm-hmm. and number two that this was going to kill him yeah. um which oh my god the internet has so much to say about <laughs> <laughs> understandably yeah. but it happened at the same time as debacle that was the counting of the votes in the U.S. elections and Georgia um, officially was called officially was called and I wasn't 100% clear what happened with Putin Putin resigned or was rumor of him resigning there was rumor that he had health issues and was going to resign so like all of this was happening on like the internet writ large and people were like losing their mind for like three hours that night like just making memes and like like making funny little things like obviously 20 winter and fall of 2020 were like pretty dark so it was like (laughs) having that release of like joe biden's gonna be the next president Destiel becomes canon, but only in Spanish, which later (laughs) happened like i think happened like the next day or something and then, like, the rumor about Putin was just, like, there was just so much going on and people were just playing off of it in really fun ways. And I was like, Monica, I'm so much just happening in your fandom right now. And I think you were working. So you were like, I haven't seen I, it. I was working. I had not seen the episode. I had actually muted my Discord server mm-hmm. so that I would not get spoilers about it because I knew that I knew that something was coming, but I did not know what. <laughs> <laughs> and when you, when you you were actually the one who texted me and was like, what is happening in your fandom? And I was like, I have no idea. I haven't gotten off yet. <laughs> so I actually did not read the rest of your text until after I had watched the episode, because I was like, if there are spoilers in the rest of those texts, I don't want to know about <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fair, fair. Again, I have no intention of watching the rest of this, but I think it does speak very well, at least on terms of the show and the characters that they created and the people who wrote the show, that 15 years in, Supernatural, the finale and the Castiel's confession was still like a big deal on the internet. The internet was still like, oh my God, losing its mind about all of this. So it, it was pretty hilarious. The confession was a big enough deal that people who had been like, oh, I didn't realize that show was still on, all of a sudden, (laughs) like, rolled into the fandoms. There were something like 15,000 fanfics that were added to AO3 within the month after the confession came out. My God. Yeah, it was impressive. So the Discord server I belong Mm -hmm. to um, has about 2,000, 3,000 members. It's a Mm -hmm. large Discord gained something like 500 members in the oh my gosh yeah just the confession in and of itself was enough of an impetus for to get a lot of people basically watching again so if that was what they were doing it for then good job showrunner (laughs) one of the things that that is interesting about supernatural is that it has been i think from the beginning very conscious of its its fans Mm -hmm. there is a character in the i'm aware yeah, who are, who are meant to represent the, the fans. And it is especially cringeworthy in the beginning because this person is depicted as a completely crazed person. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah she, she is awful in the beginning. But the interesting thing is that one of the things about having a 15-season show is that even minor characters like that 
come back and they come mm-hmm. back again and again. So this this girl goes from mm-hmm. someone who love spells Sam into marrying her. Like Oof. actually, yeah, she she love spells him by making a deal with a demon into marrying her. Maybe and nobody they, should be making deals with demons. Maybe no, people no should have learned should, this. Right? No one should ever make deals with demons. And yet they all do. And oh they all gosh. have terrible consequences. Quite an aside, the, the one person who successfully makes a deal with a demon and gets away with it is actually their adoptive father who makes a deal with the, who makes a deal with the king of hell and gets away with it. Um, good for but, Bobby. Yeah, good for Bobby. He's awesome. But the fangirl trope character, Becky, mm-hmm. goes from being this like horrible person who everyone both feels sorry for and really wants nothing to do with. In the last season, she reappears mm-hmm. and... Uh, her her job now is she sells dioramas of supernatural on Etsy. Okay. She okay. Uh, yeah. She's she's married. She has children. Okay. She has a happy and fulfilled life. Good. And when God is yes, God. <laughs> yeah. Well. When God, who turns out to have been her ex boyfriend, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> and God is Chuck, right? God is Chuck. Yes. Okay. So Chuck was her ex boyfriend, and when God approaches her wanting her to read his his work how he mm-hmm. plans to end the the series her her opinion is the series you know you started this series as an adventure series but that's not what people want to see anymore people mm-hmm. want to see happy endings people want to see these guys like cooking in the bunker and yeah. we, were, we were all like yes that is in fact exactly what we all want to see. <laughs> it's also very funny that and again i not to be like mean to your fandom but it's very funny that they were like yeah this is what you want and you all were yeah that is what we want and instead they gave you a finale where everybody was like oh that's not what we want no that was not at all what we wanted no like I was actually fine with episode 19 and Mm -hmm. then episode 20 came and I was like what the hell just happened that was another one where (laughs) the internet was like let me tell you some things and I was like oh oh okay yeah Yeah. interesting so I watched it with Rachel and she enjoyed it and you know honestly I while I would not watch it again I saw where they were coming from with Mm -hmm. it now was I thrilled with it no I was not thrilled with it would I watch it again no I would not watch it again but I can see where the I see where they were going with it and it was definitely being targeted towards a more generalized audience than the rabid fan community to which I belong well I mean, speaking as, I mean, I am a fan, but I'm not a fan of that show. And still, I have to say, like, high level being like, and then Dean dies because they're on a, like, vampire hunt somewhere random. I was like, really? Really? (laughs) That's just, like, how you're finishing off one of your main characters? I'm like, well, I guess it's not unrealistic in terms of, like, if you roll the dice enough, something's going to get you. But also, it feels narratively a little unsatisfying. Well, to be fair, they've died a lot. <laughs> like, it's true. A lot. Um, I think there are t-shirts about how many times okay. each of these guys have died um, and then come back. Yes, a lot. Dean in particular dies a lot. Yeah, one of the interesting narrative paths is that, the, um, is that Sam was supposed to be the main character. Um, mm-hmm. he, was, he was hired, the, the Jared Padalecki was specifically hired as supposed to be like the lead so when okay. Sam starts he's the he's the magical boy essentially mm-hmm. he's the one who um who has special powers yep. he can 
he's the cursed child, Dean is the one who's trying to get him out of trouble, etc. I'm not sure that is the path anymore because no. I think a, a lot of people felt a lot of community with Dean um, mm -hmm. and felt a lot of similarity with Dean. So definitely by the end, there are a lot more Dean-centric episodes than there are Sam-centric episodes. Though I believe uh, every time something goes wrong on set, apparently both um, Jensen and Misha point at Jared and say, well, he's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> not on us. Not on us. It's, it, it, it's yeah. on him. So Destiel. So you yeah. know, that's yeah. that's obviously the main that's the the main fandom pairing, which is which is closely followed by Wincest, um, mm -hmm. which is obviously yep. the pairing between the two brothers. Yep. I am a Destiel shipper, but I can see why people are Wincest shippers for sure. Yep. Um, I can I can definitely see that. It's not my thing, but no judgment. Hey, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot to love in in all of the above, and there's a lot of fanfic in all of the above. Well, like fifteen I years. Mean, yeah, exactly, fifteen years. Um, but I'm interested in kind of what you thought about the episodes. Obviously, I had seen them before. True. So, like I said, five point three. I was kind of like not super into the entire thing because I was like, well, I'm not loving kind of like the vibe. It's very dark. It's you know weird. Like it's weirdly heterosexual in a way that feels very aggressive about being heterosexual, which I was like not into. I was like, and I know people were at this point like had gone all in on Destiel. Like we were a year into this being the ship and people being into it. And I can see why you were like, okay, I can get something out of you know this interaction and Dean and Castiel like spending their what they think is going to be some of Dean's last time together and Castiel's last time together like you know together but it was like let's do manly bonding nonsense and I was like okay well all right um <laughs> so that was kind of like not the vibe and then Sam's storyline was like I'm sad because I'm trying to deal with my addiction to demon blood and I was like why is your coworker like so invested in this? Like I have never been this invested in a coworker in my entire life. And I have dated a coworker. <laughs> what is going on? So that was also like kind of, again, I was like, I'm not really sure I'm, I'm into like that. I think it's the type of episode that works best if you already have a built-in affection and a built-in caring for both those characters. But I did find the like Lucifer's like, I'm going to pretend to be your girlfriend. And then I'm going to tell you that you're my I don't like their vessel your vessel vessel yeah. yeah I was like okay this is a vibe I could get behind I'm interested in what's going on here because <laughs> I was vaguely aware from just again being on the internet and having supernatural be a background thing that like a vessel was a thing like I knew that was a plot point that Dean was Michael's vessel and Sam was Lucifer's vessel and they were on the opposite sides so I was low-key aware of that but it was kind of interesting to see how that played out and how they both were like dealing with that situation and then I really enjoyed actually 11.5 and 12.10. Um, so 11.5 is beyond the mat. And so thank you for including something that you were like, I know you care about this. So like, let's talk about <laughs> wrestling for a bit. I do actually have to ask you a quick correction from last month. I apparently pronounced it. I pronounced it Jim Chipperly, who is Orange Castley, and it's Jim Sipperly. And I got like oh. shouted at by my wrestling friends. They were like, have you thought it was wrong this last nine months? And I'm like, apparently. Oh, no. So, <laughs> Uh, anyways that's my correction from last one but I enjoyed the like vibe of Sam and Dean connecting about this thing they loved and coming together and having this life outside of being pursuers of like demons and monsters and dealing with the apocalypse and saying hey this is how we grew up like 
having that complicated relationship with their father, having this fandom of this group of wrestlers that kind of takes them out of it, even though they're obviously like, in a lot of ways, like way cooler and impress more impressive than these men who are pretending to fight each other. So that was like cool that they were like, oh, we still really love this. This is still something that makes us happy. And I did look up the cast for mm-hmm. all the wrestlers and one of the, what, oh, Harvey, Harvey, no. Whichever one was named after the motorcycle. Um, Harley. <laughs> Harley. Harley. <laughs> really hard for me. Harley is actually a WWE wrestler. So I was like, oh, that's a fun cameo. Like I said, Misha Collins was having so much fun that I was having so much fun. <laughs> and then the guy playing Crowley was really fun so I was like these are like fun little scenes where we're like having some stuff go on in hell and I'm like I'm not really sure how it ties into the larger part but I don't need to know I enjoyed that that was a lot of fun um it was also and this is I think something that I'm thinking about and working through and also something that I'm thinking about in conjecture with the Dresden files which I texted you about because in a lot of ways Supernatural reminds me a lot of the Dresden Files in that they're both very long arcs and they go from kind of monster of the week or like fighting against the supernatural to like, let's like get into it about Christianity and the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, I'm not sure you're really suited to tackle this, but you seem to be doing it anyways. (laughs) So I guess. Um, Jim Butcher is, doesn't understand how Chicago works. First of all, this is the author of the Dresden Files. And like, the first couple books are actually quite bad. Whenever someone's like the Dresden Files, I'm like, well, the first three books are very bad. Can't recommend them, but it does get good for a bit in the middle. And then it gets bad again. So stop reading here. So it's like <laughs> a lot of caveats. And in general, I'm like, mm-hmm. but it's another fandom that has a lot of really great fics. So I'm like, maybe just read the fic. <laughs> but I think that kind of ties into how do you continue on in a series and you know, change and grow and have new plot lines come up when you're dealing with like years and years. Like Dresden Files is I think 17 books long at this point. <laughs> and that's part of the reason of like, okay, you're stopped at the apocalypse. You stop the apocalypse again. And like, I think by like the third apocalypse, you're kind of like, all right, I guess that's happened again. So the mistakes <laughs> feel a little weird. Yeah. And I was thinking about like, how do you maintain tension and maintain for change and character growth? And I was like, I think the way to, without kind of getting to the point of like, you've leveled up your characters so much that nothing can phase them. So you keep having to up the stakes till the stakes feel ridiculous and stupid, basically. That's definitely something that like Jim Butcher is very bad at. Like you're like, oh, he's like super powered now. So you keep trying to throw new things at him and now it just feels stupid. So one of the things, and I think one of the ways to do that might be to actually just give yourself a really big universe to play in so you have not necessarily higher stakes but different stakes I was thinking about it in terms of books because I just I don't know like you said there's supernaturals and unique in having like 15 seasons of fantasy series like that's not typical that's not not a lot of play shows have gotten that much but Louise McMaster Bajold who wrote the Miles oh, I love hers <laughs> Oh, good. She's so good. But you never get to the point where you feel like Miles is like too powerful, yeah. you know? Yeah. But she's still giving you new problems and new plots to kind of sink your way into. She's also on like 14, 15 books. I have no idea what she's at, actually. But like, I think I made it to book 10 in that series. Yeah. So I made it quite a ways in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she eventually transferred from Miles to like different characters within the series. Um, 
within the last like two or three books. But she managed to be like, okay, I'm never going to make him so powerful that it's seem his issues seem like trivial. But I'm also going to continue to give him new issues. And I think that she handled it really well. I'm not sure that Supernatural and the Dresden Files have figured it out. <laughs> Again, Supernatural's ended, so it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> Supernatural's ended. Well, my thing about Supernatural is that the boys actually never, like, when the boys acquire powers, it's almost uniquely because they became evil at some mm-hmm. point. <laughs> um, so when they are when they are themselves, they are like normal humans. They mm-hmm. get broken arms. They, you know, they get hit by curses. They're not immune to anything. One of the things that the shows did, because angels were so powerful in the beginning, yeah. was they depowered them in season nine. So oh, okay. the, they burned all of their wings. So mm-hmm. none of the angels could teleport or fly anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Castiel keeps losing his grace. So there are <laughs> periods of time, sometimes because it was taken from him, sometimes because he lost it. He then reacquires it, loses it again, you know. So they specifically make it so that the things that are super powered for the most part are their enemies. And it does seem like a lot of the time that the guys manage to make it out by the skin of their teeth mm-hmm. or by leveraging their more powerful allies, essentially, mm-hmm. because that is the one thing that they acquire over the course of all of this, you know. They are, they become friends with the king of hell. And mm-hmm. well, friends, hmm, I don't know if friends is the word, frenemies with the king of hell, you know, they become friends with death, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, you know, most of these, un- unfortunately, one of the, one of the continued themes is that people who help the Winchesters die. Mm. Um, so by the end of it, you know, the, one of, one of the things that happens is that, you know, they have lost most of the people they have cared about by the end mm-hmm. of the series. And most of them have died in the service of the Winchesters, which is something Mm -hmm. that enemies not infrequently point out to them that the people (laughs) who love them are going to end up dead. Um, So, but I am not sure that they have managed the whole like span of of how to keep your characters from being ridiculously overpowered. I suspect that most of the continued people who watch it throughout the 15 years of which I was not one I binged mm-hmm. it in like two um we're watching it because they loved the characters not mm-hmm. because they actually had that much investment in the whole apocalyptic plot line fair that was yeah. ongoing the apocalyptic plot line was a way to carry the characters not the other way around mm-hmm. interesting yeah and I mean they did there was an Again, I mostly know about this because like something will happen and will like float by my peripheral vision just because it's so omnipresent. But I did enjoy that like as part of the Angels story, they had a long time frame and I liked Lady Castiel. I was like, oh, that's fun. She's oh, Lady cute. Lady Castiel is super cute. She's super cute. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, I love Benjamin. She has great cheekbones. And then she mm-hmm. was murdered. And I'm like, why do you do this to me? Why do you take away this lady from great cheekbones? Why can I love she looking at her anymore? <laughs> yeah, seriously, she is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. But it was it was interesting to see how they were dealing with the mythology there of like how does this work over centuries and how that works. And and there was also that was the lead up to that episode. They were like, Satan has taken over the body of the president and fathered Nephilim. And I was just yep. like, Okay, well, I guess in like season 12, that's where we're standing. 
Yes, no. Lucifer fathers a Lucifer fathers a child, and Nephilim are forbidden in the supernatural mm-hmm. canon because they are more powerful than either parent. So basically, mm-hmm. can have human souls and human foibles, but enough power to like destroy the world. Mm-hmm. So they are they are basically to be killed on sight. And Lucifer is like, oh, I shall father one of these things, and I shall raise him, and he shall be my baby. I love uh, that for him. Yes, I love that for him. He does, in fact, do so. Said child oh. is born, and the Winchesters adopt him. Oh, fun. Is that <laughs> yes. Jack? That's Jack. Well, okay. I shouldn't say the Winchesters adopt him. Castiel actually adopts him. Okay. And Castiel is the one who takes care of his mother while, while um, she is pregnant with him. Mm-hmm with the awareness that Jack's birth is going to kill her. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. But when he is, when Jack is born, um, he is born as a teenager because he is, so basically he comes out as a baby. I don't like that. I don't yeah. like that. <laughs> he comes out as a baby and in the first like hour of his birth ages to a teenager because he is aware that the world is not safe for a baby. I don't like that either. Yeah. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, and he goes looking for his father. So mm-hmm. the Winchesters were like, oh no, is he looking for Lucifer? We got to stop him. <laughs> and it turns out he's not looking for Lucifer. Um, he's looking for Castiel, who he considers oh. his real father. Okay. Unfortunately, Castiel at that point is dead. Oh, okay. Castiel gotcha. was killed by Lucifer. So there is a whole, it is, it is what is referred to as Dean's widower, widower arc. <laughs> Um, where um, Castiel is dead and Dean likes Dean is the one who 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 um, prepares him for his funeral and Mm -hmm. burns him and and spirals into a very deep depression in the middle of which he actually does commit suicide yes and then is brought back because such a supernatural and at the end of sort of that that episode where he kills himself and then is brought back he's Mm -hmm. his brother you know I, we just we just need a win you know we need mm-hmm. we need one win we lost cast we've lost everything you know something good has to happen and Jack actually brings Castiel back because he oh. is that powerful yeah cool. <laughs> yeah so that is how that is that is Dean's widow arc it is like four episodes of this guy like spiraling down like on mm-hmm. his knees begging to God to bring his best friend back okay cool I can see why that was that was one that people paid attention to yes yes no it was and then the episode where he comes back like Cassiel is like he he calls up the brothers and he's like Mm -hmm. hi I'm at a phone booth (laughs) (laughs) please come pick me up please come pick me up exactly (laughs) nice yes yeah but yes that is that is what is there are the there are the winter arcs there are the divorce arcs Mm -hmm. where Dean and Cass are fighting you saw one Mm -hmm. of them in the little center episode (laughs) where they they are bickering and poor sam has to make them stop or else dean is going to crash the car yeah Yeah. i did i like it was interesting watching because you know circa 2005 2006 people were like so are you more of like because obviously castiel didn't exist so it was like are you more of a dean girl or more of a sam girl Mm -hmm. and i was able to finally answer that question to myself and i'm like no i'm more of a sam girl i was like i'm surprised by this answer but this is what these three episodes have taught me yeah yeah like all right good to know yeah no it is it is good to know I feel like a lot of the people I know consider themselves Dean people so Mm -hmm. you know they they feel like they have more similarities with Dean Mm -hmm. I too am 
either a Sam person or a Cass yeah. person. I have very, very few similarities. <laughs> <laughs> but I love these idiots. I mean, I, I love the fact that they have, you know, 11 years of history and 15 years of story. I love the fact that they, they have like small arguments and they have huge arguments. They stick together and they break up and they come back together and they are, they are complete idiots. <laughs> Sometimes, a lot of the time, they are complete idiots. And I really enjoy that for them. So I enjoy the fact that there's a lot of, there are a lot of lines that have gotten to be very iconic and that make Mm -hmm. it into a lot of fanfic. So the family don't end with blood is one of them. There is a corollary that Dean says later on is, yeah, family don't end with blood, but they don't start there either. So Mm. it's not just about the family that you were born with which is an interesting thing considering that the family that these boys were born into yeah. you know with this this father who would essentially like leave them to go hunting mm-hmm. um and leave dean as a small child to raise his little brother there's one of the episodes i was thinking of giving to you was one where dean is caught stealing um when he's 15 or 16 mm-hmm. because their father didn't leave them enough money for food so yeah. he was stealing peanut butter and bread to, to mm. feed Sam and he's caught and when they call John to come pick him up at the police station or else he's going to be sent to like a boys reform home for mm-hmm. stealing John tells them to send him best John, worst father of the year John right worst to. father of the year not because Dean was stealing but because he was caught mm. great yeah. <laughs> well that kind of actually leads me into I was thinking about like what would I knit inspired mm-hmm. by this series or at least Kind of the three episodes we watched plus the overall you know 15 episodes all of this different storylines all these different art and there's a knitting pattern that i've actually been thinking about for a long time probably over a decade called the naughty little cable where it starts out have you ever seen this pattern <laughs> no <laughs> oh God, it's a great pattern it starts out as just like a pretty simple cabled scarf and it like cables one way and cables in the other way and then one pattern like one cable starts to be like what if i did something different and it's like cabling larger cabling smaller cabling in different directions than the other cables and it like goes on a journey and at one point it literally swerves out of a scarf and it's like oh she describes it as like flirting with the cable next to it and then it goes back (laughs) in and the two cables get together and they form x's and o's for kisses and then a little braided cable and I'm like that I think that's a good symbol for a story that goes a lot of places and is doing a lot of very different things I think you and I were in the sort of in the same mindset because the pattern that I was thinking that I might knit if I ever do a full on like 15 season rewatch of Supernatural, <laughs> which I may someday again, um, is called Earth Star by Nim Teasdale. It is a Celtic cable slash lace shawl that makes use of two different gradients of yarn. Oh, wow. And basically carries the cable in one color in front of the other gradient. It's a very cool looking thrall. And I, in fact, have the yarn for it. I just <laughs> haven't gotten around to actually doing it because those cables are um, a bit of a commitment. But yeah, I feel like if I were to ever to rewatch for the same reason, it's sort of the whole like complexity weaving in and out, things changing as they go kind of impression. Um, yeah. And that is one of my favorite things about the series that the that the boys evolve and change. And as much as people 
and just from an aesthetic standpoint, as much as people love Young Dean and Young, young Sam, I found them much hotter at the end of the movie <laughs> <laughs> than I did at the beginning. Very funny. Well, I know those, was, those boys are cute in the beginning. And man, they are beautiful at the end. <laughs> I know it was very iconic for the first couple of seasons first five or six seasons to track like Sam's hair changes yeah. like this is one of those things that like I did not go there but I was aware that Sam had a lot of different haircuts just because I was like yeah I know that's a thing that happened people make have made graphics about this yes so. yes Sam, Sam's hair has changed he has had long hair pretty much the uh-huh. entire long-ish hair pretty much the entire time but um his hairstyle changes pretty considerably and Dean makes fun of his hair through 15 seasons as he ought to, correct. As he ought to, as a big brother. Um, yes. There's also apparently a joke that one of, once upon a time, he Dean put Nair in Sam's shampoo. That's <laughs> very funny. Brother, and that is that is a thing. Brotherly relationship is pretty adorable. They like play pranks on each other. They um, they play rock paper scissors mm-hmm. when they um, whenever there's something that neither of them wants to do. Dean consistently. Mm-hmm. Single time loses. Good <laughs> <laughs> Things like that. Yep. Yep. I was watching and I was like really like, oh, it's it's good to like see some of these things that I've like aware of. Like driver picks the music. Um what's shotgun shuts his cake hole. Yeah, shotgun shuts his cake hole. And it's like, oh, I think about that constantly when I go in cars for long trips. I'm always like, yeah, driver picks the music as supernatural has taught me. So, <laughs> even if you have never seen it, it even if I've never seen it, no, because it's like again, it was so omnipresent. The fact, like, I know people who are like, "Oh, it's finally ending." I haven't watched since season like you know ten, eleven, but I am going to catch up so I can be like, "All right, how's this gonna end?" I know yeah. like three, two or three people who did that, and. To all of them, I was like, why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> I mean, lovingly. I like, I want you all to be happy, but I was like, this is this is a little bit of a weird choice. But you know, I am glad that everybody got to see Castile end. And then everybody got to see the like, it wasn't supposed to be Wincest, but like I was like watching the end and I'm like, yeah. I think Wincest won in the end. Yeah. Like, I'm like, that's not the vibe. But that that <laughs> was correct. Kind of- that was indeed the vibe (laughs) like I don't know if that I don't think that's what you're going for but that seems to be the vibe so I I agree with that (laughs) thrilled about that I was not but I saw where they were going with it yeah yeah they they ended the show as they began it and I was like okay that's you know what I can see what you did there (laughs) and like this is not a defense of the showrunners because I have and I know the showrunners have changed over the years but like it's hard to stick the ending of something that's that long. Mm-hmm. It's very hard because it's like, yeah. they don't have to wrap everything up, but that you feel like they've gone through a complete arc and like hit an ending point. That's difficult and that's hard. And we were talking about Loki and maybe watching a Loki at some point, which maybe we'll do, but I had a lot of issues with the last episode of Loki for the season. It's going to get another season because it was like, okay, you had so much going on and I didn't think they landed enough. So just like endings are hard especially if you've got a lot of mythology and a lot of buildup in your story they could have still probably done a better ending but <laughs> they, they could have but so typically in my brain I pretend mm-hmm. that the that the show ended with episode 19 and okay. I'm actually okay with how episode 19 ended if that had been the ending so the boys literally drove off into the sunset um, they drove off into the sunset it was a montage of all the like most beloved characters after that 
you know, they showed the table in their home with Dean's, Dean's initials scratched into it, Sam's initials, their mother's initials, and mm -hmm. Castiel and Jack scratched into the table. It was the, like, what did you feel this additional episode added to what you had already had in 19 other than, okay, he died and went to heaven. Okay. <laughs> or he played a really, a really bad version of Carry On My Wayward Son. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So that, that was sort of my, I, I did not feel that the ending like really added anything because the boys were together mm -hmm. at the end of episode 19. Admittedly, they were together because everyone else had died, but okay. you know, yeah. or died or ascended and become God. Um, <laughs> as one does. As, as one does in Supernatural. Yeah. Castiel also had a stint as God. He was yeah. very bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he was bad at it. It eventually, it eventually consumed him. He was killing people and then he let the power go. And yes, anyway. But, yeah. People become gods. People become demons. People come back. People die. Yeah. That, that's sort of Supernatural in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that I object to in Supernatural and in this Dresden Files is especially guilty of it, is like Christianity is a lot weirder, I think, mm -hmm. than people sometimes conceptualize it as a used in like a fantasy series. Christianity was really, is really like historically a lot going on, mm -hmm. a lot of mm -hmm. very weird stuff going on. And I'm like, but we're, we don't get the weird stuff. Why don't we talk about the weird stuff more? So we had, we had a discussion about this in the server because, you know, obviously. Mm -hmm. Supernatural uses Christian themes yep. in a lot of ways, but like God is fallible and mm -hmm. an idiot and yep. like super petty. The angels are human and equally fallible. And while they may have been the messengers of God, as you know, as Raphael said, in mm -hmm. by, by the time season five comes around, they actually all believe that God is dead and they mm. want to start the apocalypse because they're sort of tired of dealing with this and they just want paradise. So they want to wipe everything out. Mm -hmm. By the time you're in like season five or six, Supernatural has very few resemblances to any form of Christianity <laughs> other than the name. And one of the things they're very, they're very careful never to mention is they're never, I suspect probably to not alienate the actual christian portion of their fan base mm. they're very careful to never mention jesus they they never mention any kind of messiah and never mention any prophet uh, interesting yeah so it's god the angels demons lucifer things like that but any of the um any of the things that people like actually believe in the whole like father son holy spirit idea completely absent yeah so they're not they're like, we're not going to talk about Moses. We're not going to talk about Jesus. We're not going to talk about Muhammad. Mm. Nope. We are nope. not getting ourselves in trouble. Mm -mm. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like I can see why they would do that on a network television where yeah. they're like, we don't, we don't want to deal with it. In certain ways, I'm like, okay, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I did not realize that having not had that context, but I could see why they would do that then. Yeah. No, I, I see why they would do that, but yeah, it, it's very like even the Bible itself is very rarely mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the only one who actually mentions it is, is Castiel. And mm -hmm. it's when he says that, you know, it's, it's early on when Dean is demanding, why don't you, why don't you help us? And mm -hmm. Castiel is like, you know, I, I don't serve man. I don't serve you. 
you know, read the Bible. Angels are warriors. We're not we're not there to perch on your shoulder and watch over your doings. Well, angels also have thousands and thousands of eyes. So, yeah. you know, maybe you should attend to that part. Yeah. He he does talk about that. He's mm. he's there's there's a point in where where he's like, you know, my true form is about the size of the Chrysler building. (laughs) 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 And I have spent most of the past year in that form. It is very annoying to be in this tiny little shape. (laughs) (laughs) That's very funny. But he does become progressively, as you have seen, more and more human as the human, human, as as the series goes on. Yeah, no, definitely by episode 12, they're showing how he's, or not episode episode 12 not the not episode 12 season 12 episode 10 they're definitely showing how he is like definitely more firmly on the side of human beings as opposed to his angelic counterparts i am very grateful that you were willing to venture down the supernatural rabbit hole with me listen (laughs) i talked to (laughs) i talked to you about wrestling for we only recorded an hour of it and i do think people should know that you very tolerantly listen to me talk about wrestling for a further two hours after we finished <laughs> so like I was like yeah no I I will you know watch the supernatural it was like definitely more of a fun experience than I was expecting having tried to avoid the, consuming this canon for 15 years mm-hmm. so like I will say I was like you know what I enjoyed the second two the two episodes that we watched I read the entry from Lucifer like halfway through before I was like there's so much going on here that I'm like, I've, I'm lost, I'm confused. Yeah. And then I just clicked out, but I did read enough of it to be like, okay, I could read some Sam Lucifer fan fictions. And I, you know, there is that. I'm yep. sure it's out there. Nobody can yeah. recommend it to me because none of my friends read it. But I was like, <laughs> nope. I was like if anybody has any recs, <laughs> Sam Lucifer was definitely a thing. And honestly, every ship in that particular canon is a thing just yeah. because there's so much fanfic out of there. Of course. Yeah. No, I'm, and I've read a lot of random stuff for that fanfic because it's like, you know, we started out and there was only Wincest and I was like, all right, I guess this is what we're doing. And then, you know, Castiel came along and people were in Castiel and I was like, all right, this is what people are writing. So I guess this is what I'm reading. So, yeah. you know, as long as you're putting out decent work, I'm just like, I guess I'm going along yeah. with this. I'll find out. I'll learn more. You've probably heard of the, so there is a musical episode, of course. I believe it is episode, I want to say it's episode 200. Uh, okay. It's some, it's some iconic number. But in it, Dean actually hears about Destiel. And he hears about, he hears about it, he witnesses it, because two young girls who are playing him and Cass mm-hmm. are seen kissing uh-huh. in the, in the, <laughs> in the musical. In, no, not in the musical. They're 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 girl. They're apparently girlfriends in real life. So okay. they're seen kissing, and Dean is like, "What is happening?" <laughs> um, oh my dude, I have yes, some updates oh my, for you. I know exactly. And the um, the the theater showrunner, not the mm-hmm. actual show showrunner, says, "Oh well, we do explore the nature of Destiel," <laughs> and he he tells this to Sam later on, and Sam cannot stop laughing about it. <laughs> He's like, shouldn't it be DSTL? <laughs> like, that is the problem. <laughs> that is the problem you have with this. Why is that the problem you have with this? Okay. I have to say the fact that like Netflix and apparently Canon, it's C-A-S-S, was very alarming and upsetting to me. I was like, that is not what I've been taught for 15 years. I don't no, like this. I don't like it either. It is especially funny because Dean actually does have a girlfriend named Kath. 
oh fun cool yeah. Normal. <laughs> yeah this this fandom is like really playing with your mind really, i know like, yeah. we're just gonna we're gonna hint at it but we're not gonna make it canon but what if we did yes exactly <laughs> but yes that as far as the boys romantic relationships go like being dean's main romantic relations one was with catty and one was with a girl named lisa who was actually like a really cool girl. And then of course almost ended up getting killed by her relationship with Dean. Shock. So she does survive. Sam's girlfriends, however, pretty universally, like Sam has the dick of death is the joke. <laughs> they almost all die, like in horrible ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was definitely a complaint in the first couple of seasons. Was like, please stop killing your female characters and your characters yeah. who are not white. Like, please yeah. stop doing that. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 No, the the female characters who survive later on are actually extremely cool characters. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Sam Sam's girlfriends don't don't make it through very well, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Um, the the one who does end up making it through in the very end is Eileen, who is a who is another hunter, and she is probably one of my fa- she is probably my favorite character other than the boys. But mm-hmm. um, she is she is deaf and she is played by a deaf actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and cool. she, yeah, she is she is like really intensely cool. She is also about half Jared Padalecki's size. <laughs> <laughs> he is a very tall human. He, he is a very tall human and she is a very small human. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is hilarious and they are very, very cute. And I think everyone was very sad that she did not show up as his wife in the final mm. episode, presumably because of COVID restrictions and et cetera. So what mm-hmm. they did to get around that is that his wife in the final episode was blurred out. In yeah. Every- Yes, yeah, so they definitely did a better job of being nicer to their female characters and their people of color later on. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, it was definitely a, yeah, it was definitely yeah. a thing. <laughs> so now that we've discussed 15 years worth of television, it sounds <laughs> like Windflower was a good situation because you had done, like, you knew it. Windflower was a good situation. I got a fair chunk of lace done while still thoroughly enjoying myself. So yeah. (laughs) No, and I was spinning. So I was actually, I spent most of the episode trying to wind yarn onto a knitty knotty. I was like, and this is great radio while I make these hand motions. So I didn't have to like think very much about what I was doing. Although at one point I did have to pause the um, last episode, the 1210, because I was like, I need to count how much yarn I have. (laughs) but that was that was yeah well good ending to our duology like I think we did a good job with this duology I love talking about our passions I liked learning more about supernatural finally getting a glimpse of it from the inside after having observed from the outside for so long (laughs) um next episode next month and we're going to look at some Kirk Spock material both from the original series the new movies and some fan bits so We'll talk to you then. Bye. Bye.